What's up, homies? Welcome to another episode of the Homies Real Estate Podcast. It's host Anthony. I'm Angel. I'm a realtor. I'm a lender. And together, we're going to break down this crazy real estate market. We got another really great podcast, especially now that it's the beginning of the year. We're going to be going over the FHA loan, breaking it down, giving you a high-level overview of what it entails. So I'm going to pass it over to Angel. He's the lender. He knows exactly what this is all about. Angel, what is the minimum down payment for the FHA loan? So the minimum down payment for an FHA loan is 3.5% down. Right? Um, so along with the down payment, though, we also have to keep in mind closing costs. Closing costs can be anywhere between 2 to 2.5%. Two and, and that has nothing really to do with the loan itself. Um, that's just a typical cost out of pocket for any home loan is about 2 to 2.5% two of closing costs, at least here in the Southern California area. Gotcha. And then for a $700,000 home, that would probably look somewhere out of pocket like $42,000, right? Because you're multiplying 6%, 3.5% for down payment, 2.5% for closing costs to a $700,000 price, and that's $42,000 yeah. out of pocket. Um, one thing to mention too, 2.5% uh, is on the higher end, right? So I think it's more like two and a quarter, but uh, I always tell my clients I'd rather you um, be ready for the worst case scenario than, than the best case scenario, right? So... Um, 42000 is a good estimate if you just want to run some quick numbers. Uh, 6% of whatever the sales price of the home is. Um, um, yeah, sales price times 6%, that's going to give you an idea of how much money you need out of the pocket. Absolutely. Um, Angel, what does the credit score requirement look like for the FHA loan? Yeah, so 580 is pretty much where most banks, um, the only, not all the banks that I've worked with, I know you need at least a 580. I know Anthony did some research that you could even have a little less than that, and I, and I heard of that as well, that there is some banks that even do less than 580, but um, most banks do do um, require at least a 580 credit score, but really where FHA I think really makes the most sense is we have a 620 credit score, just interest rates get better, um, and it's easier to get that loan approved compared to having a loan under 620 credit score. Gotcha. So with a 620 credit score, it's easier to get your loan approved, and you also get a much better interest rate than you would at a 580 between 620, correct? Correct. Gotcha. 619. A 619. Correct. Gotcha. Uh, what does the mortgage insurance premium look like and what is it? So yeah, mortgage insurance is something that's required on a loan. You hear a lot of people who have a house talk about PMI, PMI. So PMI, private mortgage insurance, that's for conventional loans. FHA, they have the same thing, except it's called MIP, mortgage insurance premium. So there's two forms that are two ways Two ways that you pay for mortgage insurance when you you're required to pay two different ways when you are financing an FHA loan. One is upfront, and then one is in a monthly in your monthly uh, mortgage your monthly mortgage payment, right? So upfront, it's whatever the, the loan amount is. So let's say in this case it's six hundred thousand um, dollars. It's you're gonna multiply that by uh, one point seven five percent, right? And that amount in this case will give you ten thousand five hundred. So that's your upfront mortgage insurance premium cost. But don't get scared. You don't pay this out of pocket. This is financed into your mortgage. Um, so you, whatever monthly payment that your loan officer is quoting you, it already has that $10,500 included in there. So that's not part of the closing cost that you have to pay out of pocket. It does show on the, on the documents as closing costs as part of it, but it's not money that you pay out of pocket again. Um, and then along with that upfront mortgage insurance is you have your monthly installments, your annual mortgage insurance that you pay every um, every month, right? So that it's going to be a factor usually of about 0.85. 
Um, in LA County, in Orange County, we have high loan amounts, high balance loan amounts, loan amounts that exceed, I believe it's 624, 625,000. When that is the case, then the monthly mortgage insurance rate, monthly mortgage insurance rate goes up to 1.05, right? Um, but nevertheless, just to give you an example, on a home, on a loan amount of $600,000, if the annual insurance premium is 0.8, um, is 0.85, that is the rate, then the that would total an amount of five thousand one hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? That five thousand one hundred dollars again, you're not paying that in one installment at the end of the year or in the beginning of the year. It's just included in your monthly payment. So again, whatever payment your loan officer is quoting you will have that um, mortgage insurance already broken down into that payment. So they should be able to explain all that to you as well. Uh, so yeah, that's just a quick overview of mortgage insurance premium. It's a lot to to cover in just a short time. Mm-hmm. So please consult with your loan officer if you want to understand um, how it works in, in a clearer and, and more precise terms. Yeah, absolutely, Angel. So thank you for breaking that down. So remember, there's uh, private mortgage insurance, which is for conventional loans. There's uh, mortgage insurance premium, which is tied to FHA loans. There's two type of mortgage insurance premiums up front, which is 1.75% of the purchase price or on the loan amount. And then uh, annual MIP, a mortgage insurance premium, which is between 0.45 and 1.05% of the loan amount, depending on how much you're taking out and what your down payment is. Uh, again, you want to consult with your loan or your, or your lender to you know really get a better idea of what that's going to look like for you. Yeah. Uh, Angel, let's talk about the debt to income ratio for the FHA loan. Uh, what does that look like? So yeah, there's actually two ratios we have to keep in mind. One's the debt to income ratio and one's the housing expense ratio, right? So for debt to income ratio, again, these are more complicated terms. So we're gonna try to make it as simple as possible in a quick amount of time. If you have any more, any um, specific questions, consult with your loan officer, they can help you out with that. But anyways, um, the debt to income ratio, the max you could have is less than 57%. So 56.99%. So what does that mean? Uh, essentially what it means is your total income, you would multiply it by that amount, 56.99%, and that's how much total debt you can have. So to give you an example, a simple example, let's say you make $10,000 um, a month, right? Gross income, $10,000 a month. Um, if you multiply that by 56.99%, that equals $5,699. That's the total amount of debt you could have, and that that's going to include your mortgage payment, if you have it, and then like personal loans, installment loans, credit cards, right? anything that shows on your credit report. The total of all those monthly debts cannot exceed uh, $5,700, right? It has to be below that. So that's one thing to keep in mind is you have to, we have to be, you have to be in that range of that debt to income ratio of 56.99%. And then there's also the housing ratio, which is less. So the housing ratio just means how much of a house you can afford based on your income, right? So that is going to be 46.99%, right? So s- simple example, again, you make $10,000 a month, you cannot have a mortgage payment more than $4,699 a month. So this gets a little tricky because you could, you could, if you have no debt, that means that your housing, the maximum payment you could afford is $4,699, right? But your debt to income ratio is not at $5,699. Does that make sense? So there's your, your, your other debt, right? Which is car, car payments, um, credit card payments, installment loans, things like that. If, if you don't have anything else, if you have absolutely zero debt, 
you we're gonna go we're gonna go by the front end which is the front end ratio which we call the housing expense ratio your payment cannot exceed four thousand six hundred ninety nine dollars it's a hard stop there you cannot go over that yeah thank you angel i know it's a little bit complicated uh, but there's essentially two ratios you need to be looking at your housing expense ratio so your loan has to be less than 46.99 percent of your monthly income we're talking about gross income and or your debt has income ratio has to be less than 56.99 percent so we're talking about total debt right mm -hmm. housing expense plus car loan personal loans credit card and so forth yeah. uh angel so for the FHA loan, does it have to be your primary residence? And then how many FHA loans can you have at a time? Um, both good questions. So yes, definitely has to be your primary residence. That is a requirement. Um, and then ask how many FHA loans can you have? You only have one FHA loan, one FHA loan at a excuse me. You can only have one FHA loan at a time. And there is um, there is a special rule though, um, where if you have um, an FHA loan, I believe it's within a hundred mile radius of each other, or hundred mile hundred miles distance of each other. Then you could have a second FHA loan. But um, if you're trying to buy here and we're in Downey right now, and then you're trying to buy, you have an FHA loan in Downey already, and then you're trying to buy with another FHA loan in Norwalk, you can't do that. You can only have one FHA loan at a time. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean that answers it pretty much right there. It's very rare. I don't rarely see two fha loans at a time i've actually haven't witnessed it once uh, so just try to you know, stick to one fha loan at a time and make sure it's your primary residence that's the only way it'll work out uh, angel how can we get rid of mortgage insurance on an fha loan um i'm sorry i'm just gonna backpedal real quick to that question uh, also too if later in the future you want to rent out your property and it's fha financed you can right you don't have to always live in the home where you have you don't have to switch your financing in the future to a different type of financing um, as long as you've been living there for a year you can then start renting it out right and it can still be fha just your next home is going to have to be a conventional loan so that's something to keep in mind so sorry about that Go no ahead. no worries that's actually a really good really good thing right there uh, remember you're required to live at your home for at least one year if you're going to do owner occupied financing angel so what does uh how do you get rid of the mortgage insurance on an fha loan what is the process for that so that's the, there's only really one way to get rid of it if you wanna, if you wanna get rid of it as soon as possible, right? That's by refinancing. So that's a big difference between conventional and FHA. Conventional, you don't have to refinance to get rid of mortgage insurance. Well, FHA, the only way to get rid of mortgage insurance is by refinancing, or you can wait 11 years um, and then it'll drop off on its own. So that's, those are the only two ways to get rid of it. Yeah. That's why if you have the means and you have a tremendous credit score and everything, it might make more sense to go the conventional route. But again, that's something you would explore with your lender. You should lay out your options. And from there, it's ultimately your decision. Mm -hmm. um, lastly, Angel, who is uh, who is the FHA loan designed for? Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of realtors, even lenders too. Um, it kind of I don't know why it bugs me a little bit, but it just shouldn't. And I get it because they say... FHA loan is for, for first-time home buyers. It's not a first-time home buyer program. You don't. You can use it if you've already had it before. Um, it's not. A, it's not technically a first-time home buyer program. But the reason they say that is because majority of first-time home buyers use it, right? Um, and it's really meant for people who don't have the highest credit scores, right? Um, they have credit scores in the six hundreds, right? Um, people who don't want to put, you know, 
10, 20% down. Even though conventional, you don't have to do a big down payment either. It's only three and a half percent down, right? It's for those people who aren't the most qualified on paper, but they're not gonna have to get a terrible interest rate. They're not gonna have to have, um, um, they're not gonna qualify for a lot less because of their, their debts, right? So it's really for those people who are, are first time home buyers and just really wanna get in a home um, and maybe don't have the perfect the perfect paper, right? So FHA really comes in and it helps you qualify for a good amount by allowing you to have a high debt to income ratio. And it gives you a great, great, great interest rate. Actually, FHA has the better rates compared to conventional, mm-hmm. right? Even if you don't, have, even though conventional rates require higher credit scores, you're still gonna get a better interest rate with an FHA loan. Um, yeah, and it gives you a great, you know, a great payment option just to get you into the door, right? Get you into your home, um, and then once you become a homeowner, that's when you can start looking at other options. Maybe conventional wasn't in your wasn't available to you when you first purchased, but I promise you, usually by your second purchase, you understand how the whole home buying process works. Assuming your realtor and lender, you know, kind of gave you an idea how it worked, and most people buy their second home, they're going conventional, right? So that's why most people say FHA is a first-time homebuyer program. Technically isn't, but it is the most commonly used program by first-time homebuyers. Yeah, and that gives you, you know, a pretty good understanding of the FHA loan in general. Again, do not be scared of it. I know a lot of people are told, hey, just save up and go conventional. It's a better loan. But for a lot of people, they don't have the requirements in order to qualify for conventional. It's very credit score dependent, requires higher income because the debt-to-income ratio is lower for the conventional loan than it would be for the FHA loan. And again, you have to put more money down. So yeah, 100% would recommend exploring the FHA loan, especially just to get into the door, you know, let that appreciation do its thing that we've been seeing for the last 10 years. And then in no time, you should be able to refinance, get into that conventional loan that you've always wanted. Um, So homies, I hope this gives you a pretty good understanding of the FHA loan, something that I would highly leverage as we head into 2022. And with that said, I want to wish you all the best. Take care and stay safe. Thank you. Hey homies, it's Anthony. This podcast contains my opinions and is for educational purposes only. It does not guarantee any projections and should not serve as a basis for any purchase or sale in real estate.